If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. Welcome back, weirdos, to the History for Weirdos podcast, episode number 53. Happy Monday to those who listen on the day this launches. Happy Monday to those who don't. (laughs) Monday. Exactly. I love that. And yeah, to to the people who watch it like day one, you guys are like rock stars. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same way with my favorite podcast, so I identify with that. Identify with that too with mine. So... Uh, Before we get into it, I just want to actually offer a quick correction. In episode 51 on Caravaggio, I mentioned a painting um, that I thought was by El Greco, and I was corrected, it was by Francisco Goya. Yes. And it's Saturn or Kronos eating his children. Very disturbing painting, if you guys want to take a look at it. Um, (laughs) But I I don't even remember why I was referencing it, to be honest, but someone had mentioned it on our Instagram, and so I just want to give that a quick point of correction yeah thank you i can't i don't have my phone with me right now actually to like shout out the person who gave the correction but thank you so much yes thank we're you we're all here learning together yeah and we and i always want to make sure that we're giving out correct information as much as possible again right. we're human we'll make mistakes it's amateur hour over here <laughs> yeah. not gonna lie but we're uh definitely gonna try to not give you all like fake information <laughs> yeah, seriously well, but again, thank you to whomever did that. Uh, really appreciate it. So, without further ado, Stephanie, it's yeah. your turn to tell us a tale. So, what do you have for us? Well, this week I have the story of Robert James Lees. He is probably someone you haven't heard of. I have not, no. I don't think a lot of people would have heard of this. This would be, as the young folks would say, a deep cut. Ooh, or as I would say, this is a deep cut. (laughs) cut. This, I will share at the end of the episode how I even found out about this person. I don't anticipate this episode to be particularly long because there's not a ton of information on him. Um, But he has two really interesting intersecting points in history that I wanted to share. So, Robert James Lees was a British author, journalist, and spiritualist of the late Victorian era known for his clairvoyant connections to Prince Albert and Jack the Ripper. I'm intrigued. Also, his last name is Lees. Lees. L-E-E-S. That's so interesting. Right? I haven't actually heard that last name before. Me neither. Drop the S and I've heard it a million times. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you all some background information on this man. Lees was born on August 12th, 1849 in Hinchley. And I... Can guarantee you I will not pronounce this right. Leicestershire? Like, Leicestershire? 
I don't know. Somewhere in England. Is it like, you know how like, (laughs) it looks like Worcester, but it's like Worcester? Yeah. I wonder if it's at least a sir or shire. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what I think is going to happen with the pronunciation. Yeah, no. I'm looking over your notes right now. I have no idea how to pronounce that. Leicestershire. 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 Yeah, let's go with that. If anyone knows, let us know. Um, To William and Elizabeth Lees, he really early on in his life got pretty well known because he claimed to have his first psychic experience at the age of three. Okay, I'm liking where this is heading already. Yep. He kept uh, diaries, so we uh-huh. actually know some of like his inner thoughts. Um, he wrote... I don't actually know if this was in his diary or his books, because as I mentioned, he's an author and he did publish a lot of books. But I found this quote directly from Lee's stating... I am personally aware that as a child, I cried at being left in the darkness unless I saw a mysterious and to others invisible kilted Highlander who remained beside me talking or singing till I fell asleep. Maybe it's Jamie Fraser. (laughs) And even now, after a lapse of half a century, the vivid memory of his strong but kindly face is as freshly recalled as if he had sat behind me while this new year was born. I don't think it was Jamie Fraser because he definitely would have mentioned like he was smoking hot too. Okay, nice thing to say to your husband. <laughs> kind of weird, but okay. But isn't that interesting? That I, just that image of like, oh, if I was alone, I would cry as a little kid unless my like ghost Highlander friend was there. Dude, that's also pretty cool. That's a cool ghost friend to have. Yeah, I would love to have that. Mm-hmm. So Lee's came from a humble home. And had not much formal education. Um, But later in his life, he did write a series of spiritualist books, which sold pretty well, even after his lifetime. Okay. He claimed that these books had been dictated to him by his friends in the spirit realm. And he referred to himself as the recorder, not the author of the books. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about spiritualism because I mentioned that he was specifically a spiritualist. So spiritualism was a social and religious movement. And this is, I really just needed to quote Wikipedia directly. So according to Wikipedia, spiritualism is founded on two core beliefs. One, that contact with the spirits is possible and that the spirits are more advanced than humans. Oh, sorry. I guess that was the second belief. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's the second belief. Yeah. <laughs> Proof. The spirits are more advanced than me. Yeah, I know. Case and point. But this leads spiritualists to believe a third belief that the spirits are capable of providing useful knowledge about moral and ethical issues, as well as about the nature of God. Wow. So spirits are around. You can contact them. They're smarter than us. They don't trip up on their podcast notes as much. And, <laughs> and they give you guidance if you can contact them that's what's going on with spiritualism which i feel like applies to a lot of different spiritual beliefs yeah that's true so this belief system developed popularity in the americas and in europe in the 1850s and even though the victorian era is often associated with like i'd say i think it's associated with like pretty rigid social yeah norms that's that's what i would think like it's very conservative as well as it had a lot of like technological and scientific progress at that time Mm -hmm. um 
it was this sort of counterculture emerged that people were really fascinated by clairvoyance, crystal gazing, and just spiritualism in general. Hmm. But it's not something that is often talked about when we look at the Victorian era. It's not at all. That's really interesting, actually. I love it. It's so weird. Yeah, it is very much so like counterculture. I think that was a really good word for it. Mm-hmm. So it saw a rise in popularity in England specifically after the death of Prince Albert, who was the husband of Queen Victoria, hence the Victorian era, yeah. right? And that's because, I mean, Lise is a part of this, but I, I didn't put this in my notes, but I'll just add... Many spiritualists at the time claimed either to have previously predicted the prince's death or that they were connecting with him in some way. There was a lot of like people coming out of the woodwork and claiming some sort of energetic connection to Prince Albert. Weird. I think that's super weird. I don't know. If, I think he was a very well-regarded figure. Mm. I think their, uh, him and Queen Victoria's marriage was very beloved to the people. So I don't know if it's just because they were really popular or, I don't know, maybe he was like really trying to communicate (laughs) with this side after he passed and he was hitting up everybody. He's like, I'm not done. Yeah, he's like, I have stuff to say. Yeah, shoot. So let me get into Lee's and how he intersects with Prince Albert. So in the years after Prince Albert's death, sometime between 1862 or 1863, the records are unclear, teenage Robert Lee's, he's a teenager i think he's like 13 uh reportedly made contact with the deceased noble (laughs) nice as like a 13 year old no big deal yeah we all did that i mean as as i will do i will contact a random 13 year old after when i'm like dead right of all people who would you go for (laughs) exactly um he reportedly would enter into a trance state and channel messages and he said that he worked with the support of a spiritual familiar, which is a term that is used a lot in witchcraft, actually. Like Sabrina the Teenage Witch has yeah. the black cat. Salem. Salem, mm-hmm. yeah. So yes, familiars are, you know, for people who don't know their witch history, familiars are, they're kind of like... Not to be weird or anything. Yeah, they're spirits, or in some cases people say demons that tend to take on an animal form. Yeah. Um, So he said he had one, which is really cool. I want one. Yeah, I want one. I'm jealous. Yeah, especially as a 13-year-old. You have a cool little, like, demon pet following you around. Cool. Well, he began hosting seances, and people would travel from all over to see this teenage boy enter into a trance and contact their loved ones. Oh, my God. So after hearing this, it's rumored. This is not confirmed. It's but there were, there were witnesses, okay? So it's pretty <laughs> confirmed. Queen Victoria sent two court officials in disguise to attend one of Lee's seances. Because again, word spread really quickly that this boy was communicating regularly with Prince Albert. Right. So according to reports of the people who were present, Lee's was able to accurately identify both of her officials. Oh my god. So he, like, called him out? Like, right away. He was like, oh, you and you. You're here on behalf of the queen. Isn't that spooky? That's spooky. Um, Spooky. (laughs) It's claimed that Lee's lived for a period of time in Buckingham Palace. Oh, my God. So that Victoria could regularly talk with her beloved Albert through him. However, those claims are very unsubstantiated. Okay. 
The only evidence we have of Queen Victoria and Robert Lee's communicating is that she sent him a thank you note in 1899. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. So years later. Decades later. Yeah. Uh, thanking him for a copy that he sent her a copy of one of his books. Oh, wow. But that seems... So he would have been like a fully grown man at this point. At that point. It makes me wonder if they had had some sort of contact before for us to even find record. Like, right. keep in touch. Yeah, exactly. Really, really interesting. Yeah. So his work as a teen spiritualist ends... <laughs> as, as... as he turns 20. <laughs> yeah. Ends at some point. Right? He actually goes on to live a normal life. Um, He gets married to his childhood sweetheart, Sarah Ann Bishop, and they have 16 kids together. What? Super normal life. Yeah. 10 of those children. That's pretty extra normal right there. (laughs) That's a word. Extra normal? Paranormal? Extraordinary. Extraordinary. There There we go. go. 10 of their kids live to adulthood. Um, and then in 1878, Lees and his family moved to London, where he was working as a journalist. Oh, okay, cool. So, so that's pretty like, normal. Yes. I mean, I, is that a good career path or career move, going from, like, spiritualist to journalist? I feel like it's kind of a step down. No offense to journalists, like, at all, but, like, you're kind of like a Tyler Henry. I can't really see him going to be, like, a... Like a school teacher. Yeah, exactly. It'd be yeah, weird. or, like, a... A news reporter or something. Yeah. I love Tyler Henry. For those who are not familiar with that young man, <laughs> I freaking love him, okay? He's amazing. I don't... Don't argue with me about it. Let's stop. Like, don't... <laughs> <laughs> like, I lo- like, literally none of our listeners are saying anything. Like, I'm not saying anything. I don't want to hear shit about it in any <laughs> comments. I love Tyler Henry. Oh, please put, put no, comments now. Don't. I'm serious. <laughs> Wink, wink. (laughs) Let's not discuss it. Um, Yeah, so it's just really interesting that he went from like a celebrity doing something very paranormal. Actually, is the good fitting word there to like I'm going to be a journalist. I it makes me wonder. It's either like one of two things, and I want to hear what you think. Mm -hmm. Mom and dad were like putting him up to do this shit. Right. And it was kind of like a scam mm-hmm. to make money. Or, and so he would like, I don't know, his parents probably passed away at some point or he, he got married, he gained independence and then just was like, oh, I don't want to do that stuff anymore. Or he decided like, this isn't something that I like sharing with people. So, okay. There's more to come. I yeah. Will say. So I will what is your guess So at this my point? first gut instinct was that it was the first. It was like his parents were putting up up, you know him up to it. Yeah, and you because know, the spiritualist thing is super trendy, especially with the people in London. Let's make a quick buck. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned also like in 1899, like mm-hmm. he had or he'd also been communicating with Victoria. So like that makes me think that like somewhere deep down, like he believes this is real. Right. Either way. Either way. Either so, way. That's a good point. It's probably the latter. All right. I'm guessing. Just taking a temperature check. Listeners, what do you think? Okay, great insight. Thank really you, Really good point. All right. <laughs> yeah. So let me take us to 1888. Nice. Nice, nice. At the time of the Jack the Ripper murders. 
Not nice, not nice. Lee's is living in London. Okay. And a quick recap. Jack the Ripper is the unidentified serial killer, before serial killer was even a term, Mm -hmm. who terrorized London in 1888, killing at least five women and and mutilating their bodies in such an unusual manner that lots of people thought this was... This person had substantial knowledge of human anatomy. So like like a doctor or something? Yeah, something. that's the prevailing theory. Like the Black Dial murderer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Lee's is just there, minding his business, being a journalist. And according to his diary, in 1888, in October, um, during a month where there's no Ripper murders... Lees went to both the City of London Police and the Scotland Yard offering assistance, saying he could help them find that killer. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and he was turned away. And they, <laughs> both times they were like, this guy was nuts, right? This is a madman right. in, in British terms. It's a madman. It's a mudman. But he, and so he wrote it down. He's like, I, I like had a vision. I feel like I could find this dude, so I went to go ask them if they need help, and they said no. <laughs> I wonder, by this point, like, if he had stopped really receiving visions, or, like... You know, I bet if we read his books, and I didn't do a ton of research into his books, we would know that answer. I don't think so. From what I gleaned from the research, it seems like he just didn't really share them as much. Mm. But particularly with the Jack the Ripper, he was... He was having visions. Shoot, man. Okay. Let's hear it. So then one story often cited in books and films on Jack the Ripper is that Lee's, using his psychic power, actually led the police to the real Jack the Ripper killer. But it was some, like, big-time doctor, and the police didn't want, or, like, society didn't want people to know who he was, so they just locked him up in an asylum. And told the public that they still couldn't find the killer. This story appeared in later, after the Jack the Ripper situation, in April 1895 in the Chicago Herald as sort of like, oh, this investigative journalist, like, we found this evidence. Mm-hmm. And another version of the same story was published in The People, which is a British tabloid in May 1895. Again, years after Jack the Ripper had terrorized people. Um... However, Ripperologists, which... Ripperologists. Isn't that the coolest name for, like, a specified, like, study of something? Yeah, that's, like, that's, like, absurdly specific. I'm a Ripperologist. Like, I, I just, like, studied, this, like, a particular serial killer who plagued London during, for, like, like, a few months. Yeah. Not even, like, a full year, like, a few months in yeah. 1888. Like, What? It's so niche. It's like insanely niche. That can't even be real. But yet again, I do think Ripperologists would is a say really that good real. <laughs> is a re- no, is a really good band name. Oh, uh, that's a good band name, yeah. Yeah. Ripperologists disregard the story as a hoax. Ooh. And they actually cite Lisa's diary entries to back this up because he never wrote about I helped them find him. He right. only wrote about man, I really wanted to help them find him and they thought it was nuts. Yeah. So it's seen as a hoax, but at the time when these were published, people were like, oh my God, they did find him and they won't tell us who he is. You know, a conspiracy theory type of thing. Absolutely. And even though it's been dispelled time and time again, Robert James Lees is depicted 
all the time in mm-hmm. works of like documentaries and fiction as having been the person who actually knew who the killer was. Um, he was even a comic book character in a comic called From Hell by Alan Moore, which <laughs> oh I thought God. was so cool. But there's like, t- there's documentaries just on this theory alone. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Which I think is so interesting because it seems to me that part of the story very obviously untrue. Yeah. I don't, I would be interested to watch to see why they, they sustain that it is true. But yeah. Yeah. So after the Jack the Ripper story, Lee's seems to live a really quiet and normal life. Mm. We, he's not really making a splash. In 1902, he moves to Devon with his family and stays there until 1928. And he moves back to his hometown where he grew up as a little boy where he was hosting seances and stuff. Wow. Mm-hmm. In 1931, he published his final book. And he had not published one in decades, I think. Titled, My Books. How they were written. What a good title. That's just like, it's like very like self-explanatory. My books, how are they written? (laughs) He passed away really shortly after he published that. Maybe he had a seance and like he saw like his own. He was about to die and he was like, oh shit, I gotta get this out there. Yeah, the spirits are like, yo bro, you don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Get this out. He reportedly dies of just natural causes at the age of 81. Okay. So he went from teen spiritualist to journalist to maybe almost helping find Jack the Ripper and just a regular husband and father. Wow. That is Robert James Lees. That, that is so wild. Isn't that nuts? That is really, really weird. So I'll share why I, or how I found out about this person. I was reading a historical fiction novel okay called it's like a romance novel um but i i think probably a lot of people listening would be interested in this author the book itself was called the siren of sussex oh wow okay by mimi matthews mimi matthews writes historical romances specifically of the victorian era that's like her niche as a writer and she is incredibly like well researched and very thorough to the point where at the end of the book she, like, cited, like, what was real, what was exaggerated, what was not. And Robert Lees is a character in her book. No, that's awesome. Yeah, the main character um, is going to a seance with, like, her kooky uncle. And it's the seance where Robert Lees identifies the Queen's officials. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so it's a really interesting book. Um, it's not my favorite of hers. My favorite of hers is actually... A Holiday by Gaslight. It's like a short little like Christmas romantic book. Oh my god. They're really cute. Um, But if anyone likes historical romance, I highly, highly recommend Mimi Matthews. And if you read that one, you'll get to see Robert Lee's. There we go. And other spiritualists. It's the book actually like a really random theme of the book is Victorian era spiritualism. So you get to go multiple times in the book. You follow the characters through these, like, spiritualist parties Mm. of, like, aristocrats and elites. Ooh, that would have been fun. Yeah, who are supposed to be, like, you know, proper, good ladies and gentlemen, Christians, things like that. But then they go wild and they have seances and gaze into crystals and stuff like that. Ooh, that sounds like a good time. Yeah, really interesting. So in addition to The Siren of Sussex, because I did use that... For some of my sources here, 
I also used Wikipedia and History.com. Very good. Good old Wikipedia. It never lets us down. Never. It was really hard to find information on Robert James Lee's that did not just solely focus on the conspiracy theory that he knew, he found Jack the Ripper. Oh, right. It was really through Mimi Matthews' research and what she provided that I was able to, and Wikipedia, that I was able to piece together what what I thought was super interesting, the first part of his life where he may or yeah. may not have been like best buddies with Queen Victoria. Yeah, I know. Seriously. That's just, I, I love how it's just glossed over. It's not mentioned in any of like the Jack the Ripper websites that I was looking at to try to find more information. They don't even mention that he had this pre-existing life as a famous spiritualist. Right. And like as a teenage boy had like... Contacted Prince Albert allegedly. Yeah. Con- and then possibly queen victoria yeah like who knew like what like come on yeah well thank you so much that was really cool thank you also very different than someone living around the same time robert lee (laughs) (laughs) very different persons even very similar (laughs) names though very similar names and that's about where it ends that's about where it ends yeah well dear listeners thank you so much as always you can find us on instagram at history for weirdos so if you want to pop by give us a like follow us we've got going on there yeah that's probably the best spot for us yeah to get updated if like weird things happen or we have like a cool announcement that's usually where we are and thank you so much for listening yeah thanks so much guys until next time adios With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.